Osgood proposed to me. We're planning a June wedding. What are you talking about? You can't marry Osgood. You think he's too old for me? Jerry, you can't be serious. Why not? He keeps marrying girls all the time. I But you're not a girl, you're a guy. And why would a guy want to marry a guy? Security. Lindsay? Jeff? Lindsay? Jeff? Lindsay? Jeff? We've recorded. Okay. Go now! That's cool. Hello! Okay. Everybody! (laughs) Sorry, I did that on purpose. I did that on purpose. Hi, everybody. Worst opening ever. (laughs) It's just gonna downgrade, and by the time we get, or degrade, and by the time we get down to, like, episode one, we're just gonna be like, yeah, movie, uh, podcast. Podcast, movie list. AFI, yay number, movie good. <laughs> yawn, 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 laugh, end of podcast. Laugh, 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 <laughs> tangent, tangent, end of podcast. <laughs> Next episode, oh wait. Yeah, the end. <laughs> the end. So anyways, Lindsay. Jeffrey. Welcome everybody to the podcast. Woo! Yay! yay! This is a good episode. I loved this movie. I'm just going to throw that out right now. Had you not seen it? I had not seen this. Okay. Not all the way through. I did not see that photo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got distracted by Marilyn Monroe's well, cleavage. It's cool because if I, if you go on IMDb, they have color photo- photographs. Oh, that's from... cool. Oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I yeah, I had never like I I knew of this movie. I have seen clips of this movie. I was well aware of Jack Lemmon and uh, Tony Curtis dressed in drag. Like I yep. knew that, and I knew Marilyn Monroe was in it. And like I seen the ending. I saw that last thirty seconds of the movie before. Yep. So I well, knew movie's perfect. I knew how it was gonna end, but. It was one of those where like, I never actually sat down and just watched yeah. the whole movie before. So, and movie, movie, movie. What movie was it exactly? We watched Some Like It Hot. <laughs> Since apparently I just started. Yeah, it's you're my just review. like talking about it. It's like no, Some Like It Hot it. from 1959. This is number 22 on yes. the list. 22. 22. I believe 22. 23. I, 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 no. 22. I had it up on the website. Uh, oh goodness. <laughs> 22. I'm almost positive it's 22. Yes. So it's like episode eighty four. This is episode eighty four, number twenty two. Yes, Woo! yes. Look at that right there, buddy boys. Ooh, we're watching Chinatown next. We're, uh, correction: next we are having our Halloween special, oh, and then we lovely. watch Chinatown. So, yes. yes, we have to talk about something off mic. Okay. <laughs> next week might be our Halloween episode. Ah, maybe. So when we can maybe find a way to get it in. Okay, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll talk, we'll talk yeah, off mic. Yeah, that's fine. We'll talk off mic. Well, either way, there's a next Halloween episode. episode coming next. Yes. When it will be released, I guess will vary. So anyways, back to the movie. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm looking, just just seeing the, the poster on uh, on IMDb there. Mm-hmm. That's the same poster that I have on for the website. However, yeah. on mine, it has a, a, a notable... Uh, little extra comment that says not suitable for children nice leave that up there i like that yeah and i would uh, i mean i understand why in 1959 this well i've got trivia about the whole a lot of the stuff there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that's like oh i mean it's not even the cross-dressing it's violent people get like gunned down with shotguns multiple times yeah (laughs) like it's it's it is it is the equivalent i feel like there was a lot of 80s like buddy films 
that have like this level of violence in them Mm -hmm. or like what would be the equivalent in the 80s one of them is uh the gene wilder richard pryor film see no evil hear no evil where gene wilder is deaf and richard pryor is blind and they have to... I did not know oh, that yes. was the premise of that movie. Kevin Spacey's in the movie is the bad guy with a British accent. And it's... A, it's is it a, any good? Oh, is it's it brilliantly terrible? terrible and I love oh, it's it to death. terrible. Okay. I love it. Because yeah, the whole point is that there's like this gold coin that, of course, they accidentally become into the possession of. Right. And the Kevin Spacey character is trying to get, the, get right. it back from him. But they end up going and running from the people trying to kill him and like going after... Like, it's... It's brilliantly terrible, but the con- brilliantly the terrible. concept of Richard Pryor being blind and Gene Wilder being deaf and that they have they work together and yes yeah but there's like there's people who get killed in it but there's comedy and there's like a romantic subplot briefly and like there's a lot of a lot of the same vibe from this movie I found in like a lot of those '80s movies and that's kind of it, that's why I feel like I like this one because right. it, it's along those lines and those are the movies I grew up watching when I should not have been watching them <laughs> right but. Uh, yeah, sorry, we jumped around. We jumped around a little bit. Uh, okay. More, more of your, more of your normal standard. Hello, hello, uh, uh, movie. Oh, days. the stuff we're doing. Okay, some yes, like it hot. Nineteen fifty nine. Not rated. It's a two hour comedy. Eight point three out of ten. No meta score. Roger Ebert gave it a four stars. Okay. When two musicians witness a mob hit, they flee the state in an all female band disguised as women, but further complications set in. Directed by Billy Wilder. Written by Billy Wilder. I.A.L. Diamond, and that's about it. Uh, starring Marilyn Monroe, Tony mm. Curtis, Jack Lemmon, George Raft, Pat O'Brien, Joe E. Brown, uh, Nehemiah Petersoff, George E. Stone, that's pretty much Edward G. Robinson Jr. Yeah, that's about it. I think, I believe Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon did an amazing job in this film. I agree. Like... I had seen this already. Okay. I saw this in my intro to film class, because this is considered to be the most perfect comedy ever made. I could see why. It has the... It is a very... It, like, the dialogue is so well written in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's very witty. It is a lot of puns. Or a lot of... Um, double entendres. Double entendres. Uh, I'm pretty sure that... I was going to start counting how many times I said giggity. Because... <laughs> you really did. Because <laughs> I started saying it so often. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Giggity. Giggity. But it, I could see it. Like, this is a... this is, and, I, and do you think that's the reason why it's on the list? Yes. Do you think that's the reason why? Why is the last... Literally, pretty much the last comedy on the list. Like, straight up comedy on the list. Because not only does it... Does it, it dabble in the whole concept of, well, you're, you're taking two of, you know, at the time, Hollywood's more popular greatest actors and or Tony Curtis was obviously one of, like, Hollywood's good-looking actors as right. well at that time. He's very good-looking. He is, and I'm, I'm willing to admit that. As I said in the beginning, he had the offspring of a fairly good-looking woman. I mean, True. well, let's see here. Him, Truth. he's good-looking. Preach. Janet Lee was pretty damn good looking yeah. um and then they got together and they had jamie lee curtis who was fairly attractive in her early days yes even as an older younger. woman she's not bad looking no. she's she aged fairly well uh-huh. but um taking that taking like two of hollywood's like main top actors and throwing mm-hmm. them in drag which you didn't really no you really didn't just do. phone buzz phone, you probably all just heard it sorry at least it wasn't like <laughs> yeah it vibrates love that's with the case no i took the case off never mind yeah. um no, but for for considering it's got, uh, and they're they're in drag. You have Marilyn Monroe as a very over the top sex symbol too yeah, in this and film. Two or three years before she died, and you have like 
it's so just well written, madcap kind of feeling. Yep. It feels very like very vaudevillian, yeah, like nineteen thirties, nineteen forties style humor too, mm-hmm. because it's the whole over the topness to some degree. But just, I enjoyed it. I did too. And I highly recommend people watching this movie. And I'm glad it's worth it. Oh yeah, you need to see this movie. Yeah, this... it dropped several places too. Actually, I believe like and six or nine places. Do you think that's because they started putting more serious films at the top of this list? Do you think that's why? Maybe. They wanted, I mean, it's good that the comedy's in the top 25 of the list, but. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't, and I feel like where it's at is okay. Yeah, I agree. It's not like it's 99. I feel like there are many movies above it that are well-deserving to be where they are. So, they just, they do take precedence over. Yeah. The comedy with Marilyn Monroe and Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. Not a bad way, but it's No, no. I agree. I agree. Uh, did you have any uh, witty thing to say regarding this film? No. Oh. I haven't sad. in a long time. I know. It's okay, because really, I barely scraped by with having any stuff and things. See, this is the problem. As the further up we get, yeah. is the less cute things we have to say. I have two stuff and things, and it came out of the first ten minutes of the movie, and they were just more... Like things I kind of was thinking about in regards to right. basically before the action with Jack Lemmon and Tony mm-hmm. Curtis even started happening. Oh, the stuff with the speakeasy at the beginning. I love that. I want to go there. I want, want to go to there. I want to go to that speakeasy with all those people, then playing the music and mm-hmm. ordering coffee. I want another cup of coffee. <laughs> but all right, well, let me move on to the awards real quick, and then we okay. can kick back over to your tech. Yeah, kick over to your technology, okay. and then I'll take over the trivia. Sounds good. All right, this Changing is Changing it up for this episode. You know what? We should, for one episode. Oh, for one episode. Okay. We should just change it. We can. Crap, we're not, not going to. today. Ha- no, no, we won't today. We're not going to have one on April Fool's Day. Crap. Darn that would have been a great one to do it as. Oh, well, we'll, 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 maybe one episode we'll figure it out, and we'll just randomly change it up. Okay. So, all right, well, let me move on. All right, the awards section. Welcome to the awards section. Welcome, welcome to, to the awards section. Welcome to Jeff's Corner. Let's all get comfortable and <laughs> sit back and relax. Let me put on some Barry White and just enjoy. I got my Cavassier the, right here. The Sorry. Slow drinking. Okay, so ladies' <clears throat> man, this film. This I film. I got my Cavassier right here. <laughs> yeah, that's disgusting. Uh, no, so this film had six Oscar nominations and seventeen additional awards slash nominations. The six Oscar noms that it had, uh, the awards that it, I'm just going to do it this way, the uh, Oscar nominations that it won, mm-hmm. it's only one of them, was for Best Costume Design for a black and white film. Well, I agree. You look at the outfits that, I mean, first well, off. Well, the fact they had to dress dudes in chick clothes. Yes. And they looked okay. We should discuss that, too, at some point. Oh, yeah. The fact that they actually didn't look. Well, I also know why. <laughs> why? At least. Maybe two. One. I know why it was shot in black and white. Why? But I will tell you when we get oh, to trivia. Oh, okay. Assuming it probably has something to do with the makeup? Yep. Oh, interesting. When Look at that. things out loud, it makes me sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> because I can guess. No, I just... When you say uh, things out loud, it makes me sad. We're doing a whole episode where Dan I'm just, said that to me. That's once. right. <laughs> I'll do a whole episode, though, where I'm just quiet for you. And you can do both parts. No. Yeah. And no. then I'll just sit here and stare at you intently across from the microphone. And yeah, just like that. Do fire starter on your. <laughs> anyway, so the other uh, the Oscars that it was nominated for but did not win would be best actor in a leading role for Jack Lemmon, best director 
Best writing slash screenplay based on material from another medium. Okay. Which I'm assuming you'll discuss. You'll probably have a mm, trivia about that. No, not really. Because the fact that it's based on material from another meeting, does that mean that this was a play beforehand? It was suggest. It was a, a suggest. Okay. The writing credits are Billy Wilder, IAL Diamond, and then Robert Thorin and Michael Logan were are credited as suggested by a story by so, so, those two. So I wonder if it was one of those where like it was a story like that a appeared. Short story or yeah, something. that appeared yeah. in like the New York Times or something like yeah. that. Like seemed like a lot of films came about. Yeah, it doesn't really come up. Okay. Um, also, best cinematography for black and white, and best art direction slash set direction for black and white. Now, the uh, just because I've been doing this, Jack Lemon lost two. Do you want to take a shot? What movie swept the awards that year? Nineteen fifty nine. Guess what? The movie's on our list. Have we watched it yet? Um, technically, no. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You will know in a second when I tell you what movie it is. Tell me what movie it is. It's been her. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> kind of. I should have known my kind of. Kind of technically, no, we didn't watch it yet. No, not really. Um, kind of. Yeah, Ben Hur swept the awards for okay. Best Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, and then Best Supporting Actor, okay. and like all that. Um, so, yeah, it actually, uh, Jack Lemmon was up against Jimmy Stewart in Anatomy of a Murder. Okay. And, That's on Netflix. Uh, Charlton Heston and Ben Hur. There's two other actors, but those are the ones that I care about. Um and he lost to Charlton Heston for Ben Hur. So okay. that's why. And then obviously, as I said, Billy Wilder lost to William Wyler, who directed Ben Hur. So yeah. So that's that's what they lost to. Nice. Um the film was in fact entered into the National Film Registry in 1989. The year that it started. Yep, the year that it started. So it was one of the uh, other 25 films, right alongside Grapes of Wrath. Nice. You know. Depressing. Yep. <laughs> So, and that's all I had to talk about for this week's awards. Okay. So, Lindsay, do your trivia. You do nothing the technology? There wasn't much for no. technology. They did a lot of they day for really night. They did a really good day. No. Fucking <laughs> terrible day for night. As I said, the day for night, obviously, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm starting to it's feel- It's like the sun is directly <laughs> overhead and the shadows are super dark. It's just like- oh. But they had the lights on. They did. So it was obviously nighttime. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it's always 3 o'clock in the afternoon in uh, Florida at yep. all times. All the time. All, all day long, all night long, all oh, year long. Okay. All night. Whoa. All night, all night long. long. Oh, my goodness. I'm probably sure I've talked about it on this every time I've seen that. Mm -hmm. But my favorite use of that song ever was a Mountain Dew MDX ad from the Super Bowl. And I think we were in high school. It was done in night vision of rainforest animals singing. Oh, I remember that commercial. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's my favorite commercial ever. And for those of you playing at home, I will find the episode and post it on the website. Okay, okay. Just, just throwing that out there. All right. In 2008, a Californian man who found a little black dress in his closet was stunned when appraisers for the U.S. TV series Antiques Roadshow determined it once belonged to Marilyn Monroe. The frock, which Monroe was sewn into for some like it hot, was estimated to be worth $250,000. She was sewn into clothing frequently because it was so tight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. 
I was, I'm a man. I watched that I movie. <laughs> Tony Curtis has said that he asked Billy Wilder if he could imitate Cary Grant for his stint as the millionaire in the movie. Wilder liked it, and they shot it that way. Apparently, Grant saw the parody of himself and stated, I don't talk like that. He, <laughs> Jeff said it before he even knew that trivia fact. I went, oh, nice impersonation to of Cary Grant, Grant there. <laughs> C.K. Dexter Haven. Yes. And you listen to him talk. You That is so... Cary Grant. Grant, come on, you can't tell me that was not him. <laughs> when Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon first put on the female makeup and costumes, they walked around the Goldwyn Studios lot to see if they could pass as women. Then they tried using mirrors in the public ladies' room to fix their makeup, and when none of the women using it complained, they knew they could be convincing as women. There's a scene on the train recreating this moment. Which is crazy. That's like, they actually, uh, they, they passed as women. Like, nobody knew who, that it was them. Yeah. That's just weird. That's weird to me. Preview audiences laughed so hard at the scene where Jack Lemmon announces his engagement that a lot of the dialogue was missed, so it had to be reshot with pauses and the maraca gimmick. <laughs> yep. Marilyn Monroe acquired 47 takes to get It's Me Sugar correct instead of saying Sugar It's Me or It's Sugar Me. After 30... Billy Wilder had the line written on a blackboard. Another scene required Monroe to rummage through some drawers say, and say, where's the bourbon? After 40 ter- takes of her saying, where's the whiskey, where's the bottle, or where's the bonbon? Wilder pasted the correct line in one of the drawers. After Monroe became confused about which drawer contained the line, Wilder had it pasted on in every drawer. 59 takes were required for this scene, and when she finally does say it, she has her back to the camera, leading some to wonder if Wilder finally gave it up and had it dubbed. I don't, as much as I love her, I don't understand why it took that many takes. I really don't. I just... Pills. I know. Lots of pills and lots of alcohol. And that's the thing. At the same time. You can tell in her eyes. Like, she's not good. You yelled at her to open her eyes all the way. Because she did. Have because the you movie, watched her, her, we just watched her in All About Eve not that long yeah. ago, which is like her first movie. Bright-eyed. Totally with it. Yeah. This one, which I think this is the last movie Billy Wilder did with her because he's about ready to smack her. Which, yeah, don't make make sense to me. Supposedly, when Ori Kelly was measuring all three stars for dresses, he half-jokingly told Monroe, Tony Curtis has a nicer butt than you, at which point Monroe pulled open her blouse and said, yeah, but he doesn't have tits like these. (sighs) Jack Lemmon wrote. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Jack Lemmon wrote that the first sneak preview had a bad reaction with many audience walkouts. Many studio personnel and agents offered advice to Billy Wilder on what scenes to reshoot, add, and cut. Lemmon asked Wilder what he was going to do, and Wilder responded, "Why nothing? This is a very funny movie, and I believe it in it just as it is. Maybe this is the wrong neighborhood in which to have it have shown it. At any rate, I don't panic over one preview. It's a hell of a movie. Wilder held the next preview in the Westwood section of Los Angeles and the audience stood up and cheered. It's a really great film. I know. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm not more like enthusiastic about it, but no, I've no. seen it, so I know. It's no, I know. Uh, Marilyn Monroe was pregnant during the filming as and as a result, she looked considerably heavier. She had several miscarriages in her life, and due to her pregnancy, most of the publicity still photos were posed for by both Sandra Warner, who had an uncredited role as one of the band members, and Monroe's frequent stand-in, Evelyn Moriarty, with Monroe's head superimposed later. What? On the posters and the publicity photos and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's actually... The publicity still photos are not her body. That's a good point. If you look at, like, even the poster, the poster doesn't 
look Mm-mm. right. Like, there's something off about that. Her head doesn't look right. Her boobs don't look right either. Right. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe wanted the color, or wanted the film to be shot in color. Her contract stipulated that all of her films were to be in color, but Billy Wilder convinced her to let it be shot in black and white when costume tests revealed that the makeup that Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon wore gave their faces a green tinge. I was just I was just scrolling through some of the color photos and uh-huh. you can Yeah, you can totally see it. Yeah. You can see that there's something off about their faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the few American movies ever given a condemned rating by the Roman Catholic Legion of Decency. Psh. That's a good movie. Come on. <laughs> Stories of the difficulty that cast and crew had with Marilyn Monroe during the making of this film have grown to almost mythical proportions. In the farewell telephone conversation between Monroe and Tony Curtis, her side-to-side-eye movement clearly clearly reveals that she was reading her lines directly from an off-screen blackboard. According to Curtis, Monroe was routinely two to three hours late to the set and occasionally refused to leave her dressing room. Upon its original release, Kansas banned the film from being shown in the state, explaining that cross-dressing was too, disturbi- too, too disturbing for Kansans. <laughs> we don't want any of that there, here... It's just gonna make everyone mad. A cabaret dancer, and in parentheses it says, a man who played man who played a woman on stage, tried to teach Tony Curtis and Jack Lemon to walk in heels. After about a week, Lemon declined his help, saying he didn't want to walk like a woman, but like a man trying to walk like a woman. Which makes sense. Yeah, that's exactly what you would want. <laughs> Jerry Lewis was offered the role of Jerry slash Daphne, but declined because he didn't want to dress in drag. When Jack Lemmon received an Oscar nomination for the role that Lewis gave up, Lewis claims he sent him chocolates every year to thank him and now regrets not taking the part. The resort scenes were filmed entirely at the Hotel de Coronado in San Diego, California. One reason why Billy Wilder chose this location was Marilyn Monroe's ongoing personal problems. He wanted a location where she could live on site and not have to be transported. Tony Curtis's voice as Josephine was dubbed by Paul Fries. According to co-writer IAL Diamond, Curtis confirmed it by stating that the voice you hear as Josephine is a combination of his voice and Freeze. Curtis said he had trouble maintaining a high-pitched voice for an entire take. This was voted the ninth greatest film of all time at Entertainment Weekly and is ranked on this list high enough to be the greatest comedy of all time. According to Jack Lemmon, George Raft spent hours teaching him and Joe E. Brown how to tango. (laughs) Joe E. Brown plays uh, Osgood. Mm. Um, director Billy Wilder originally wanted Frank Sinatra to play Jerry slash Daphne. No. That would have been weird. I know. That would have been so weird. I know. Billy Wilder referring to Marilyn Monroe while making the movie. We were mid-flight and there was a nut on the plane. Indeed, Wilder publicly blasted Monroe for her behavior and she was not invited to the rap party. Well, I, I don't blame him, I guess. The film's working title was Not Tonight, Josephine. I'm including a color picture of um, Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, uh, yep. one of the promotional yeah. photos that's in color, yep. is on the website. So if you want to take a look at the uh, at what it would have looked like in color, you can kind of get a better idea now. Danny Kaye and Bob Hope were considered for the roles that went to Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. Bob Hope would have played uh, Jack Lemmon's character. Okay. Yeah. Anthony Perkins auditioned for the Jack Lemmon role. No. <laughs> this is the number one movie on the AFI's list of 100 funniest movies. There's an AFI's 100 Funniest Movie? Uh-huh. Son of a... <laughs> the film was adapted into a Broadway musical entitled Sugar, which opened at the Majestic Theater on April 9th, 1972, and ran for 505 performances. It's not bad. 
Okay, so, okay, finish your trivia, and then we're going to come back real quick to okay. see if you can guess what the top ten movies are that are uh, on the America's Finest. a big finest. number. Ten is a big number. We'll start at five, and then we'll go okay. from there. In the opening scene where Joe and Jerry are playing at the funeral, all of Gerald's supposes eventually come true. The Dodgers move from Brooklyn to Los Angeles, and Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks get divorced. Also, of course, the stock market crashed later in 1929. <laughs> this movie is set in 1929. Yep. And it came out in 60. Or, sorry, 59, so, yeah. Yes, that's where I based the uh, inflation nation off of, was 1929, based upon the opening credits. Right. So, and the whole prohibition thing. The character of Spats Columbo is in several ways reminiscent of the notorious Chicago gangster Al Capone. Capone was responsible for the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in 1929, in which his rival gang members were gunned down in a nearly identical fashion as shown in the film. The massacre occurred in a Chicago warehouse on Clark Street, which is also mentioned in the film. And one guy actually made a comment about how that little massacre on Valentine's Day was, like, like the, near the end, when they're in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. I, they make a comment about that. That was my first thought. I'm like, oh, is he supposed to be Al, yep. Al Capone? And Sure enough, he is. Look at that. Sorry, um, let's see. I got excited. I apologize. This is appara- These are apparently spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. The now famous closing line, Nobody's Perfect, was actually never intended to make the final film. It was apparently to be replaced by the writers once they thought of something li- they liked better. IAL Diamond and Billy Wilder each credit the other for the genius of the line. Wilder later fashioned his own epitaph with a similar line, I'm a writer, but then nobody's perfect. <laughs> it's also the number 48 movie quote on the AFI list of 100. And according to George Raff, Marilyn Monroe suggested to Billy Wilder that he end the movie with sugar and spats tangoing off into the sunset. Wilder liked the idea, but ended uh, decided on the ending with Osgood and Jerry. The I f- end. I feel like the top 100 uh, quotes of all time would be an interesting single episode to go y- through. Yeah. That might yeah. be one of those little bonus yeah. ones we do after we're done with a list. Yeah. Because that would just be kind of fun. Because that's something that we could talk about in 45 minutes. Just go through each of the mm-hmm. quotes and... Say why well, or not. I don't think we can do it in 45 minutes. It might be like we an could, hour. Well, it depends upon how often we get onto tangents. Which, you know, we never do. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so guess. Can you guess the top no, 10? No, I can't. Okay, because, I'll give you a hint. No, because things that I think are funny, the AFI does not think are funny. I will give you a hint, though. Out of the 10 movies... Have I seen all of them? Nine of the 10 are on this list. Duck Soup. That's number five. City Lights. No. Not in the top ten, at least. Something like it hot. Yep, that's one. It happened one night. That ha- that's number eight. Philadelphia Story. Not in the top ten. That's number Bringing 15. Bringing Up Baby. That's number 14. <laughs> well, I need to look at the list. <laughs> but it's funny, at though. The, at the, the, the list list, not yes. like our list, but... Yeah, not this list, but the not, list we not the from. Not the funniest movies, but yeah. the actual list list. Yeah, nine of the ten movies that are in the top ten are okay, on this list. On. Actually, you know what? Sorry, I'm wrong. Eight of the ten are on our list. I apologize. Number Swing ten. Swing time? Uh, nope, not in the top ten. Bringing up Baby, I said. Yep. A Night at the Opera? That is number twelve, actually. The Apartment? That... <laughs> nope, that's not That's not on the... T- oh, that's number 19. Modern Richard Times. 20. Uh, Modern Times is not in the top ten. Tootsie. That's number two. <laughs> now you're just naming off our movies. I am. Okay. So the Gold Rush? Uh, not in the top ten. Rear Window, no. <laughs> yes, oddly, that's three. No, no, no. The Gold Rush is actually 20. Doctor Strangelove. That's number three. Annie Hall. That's number four. You already have five as Duck Soup. Yep. Number six, 
I'll tell you this right now, number six and ten you will not get. Because those are the two that are not on our Singing list. Singing in the Rain? Uh, that is, that's on the list, but it's not that's in the top That's all the comedies. Ten. Unless you count The Graduate as a comedy. Yep. Number nine. See, I don't think The Graduate's <laughs> funny. Yeah, two more. I don't know. That we've watched that are considered to be comedies. What? Are you, what? Number seven is M.A.S.H., Oh, sorry, I scrolled right past MASH. And number eight yeah. is It Happened One Night. I said it happened one night, and you I told know. me no. When? Like, it was like the second or third one I said. Right, I apologize, that's number eight. <laughs> okay, what are ten and what uh, did you say we'll six get? Six and ten? is Blazing Saddles. <gasps> really? Yes. Oh. And number ten is Airplane. Okay, good. <laughs> I feel better then that some of those are not on our main list, that they're on that list. Number 13 is Young Frankenstein. Okay. Uh, the Odd Couple, the original Odd Couple yep. is 17. A Fish Called Wanda is I've 21. I've never seen A Fish Called Wanda. Harry Met Sally is 23. Nah. Uh, Ghostbusters, yes. number 28. This is Spinal Tap, number 29. Nice. <laughs> That's a great movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Groundhog's Day, nice. number 34. Like Caddyshack. Um, hold on. Animal House. Animal House uh, is 36. Caddyshack. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Caddyshack is 71. Stripes. Stripes is not on the list. That's not on the But Silver Streak is number 95. Oh, God. Good Morning Vietnam is 100. Okay. The original Nutty Professor is 99. Yeah. This list, this list, uh, Beetlejuice is number 88. Nice. Jerk is, the Jerk is 89. Like, not this, a bum. This list. I'm a jerk. <laughs> I was born a poor black, black child. child. Mrs. Doubtfire. Okay. Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Yeah. This. We're tangenting. We are tangenting, but you know what? It's still at least remotely It's relevant. We're it's talking relevant. about comedies. So Big is relevant. number 42. Nice. Yes. Oh, and there's the great dictator number 37. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So let me move on to uh, stuff and things in Inflation Nation. I'm just going to blow through stuff and things with Jeff real quick because there's Okey-doke. only two of them. Number one, cop sirens back in the day always sounded so mm. whiny. They did. It's just like it. It got. It was forced to get up out of bed, and it didn't want to really yeah. want to be there chasing bad guys. And number two, why is everything in this movie spoken in metaphor? Coffee equals booze. County club I want equals jail. Cup of coffee. The tough goons were the Harvard lawyers. Like it's ridiculous, basically. Yeah. All right. So that literally, those were the only two things I came up with, and those were the first ten minutes of the movie, because <laughs> I just then got engrossed with the film. All right. So moving on to Inflation Nation, as Lindsay already commented, the movie takes Inflation place. Nation. Inflation Nation. Thank you. The movie takes place in 1929, so that was the year that I went off of for all the prices. Uh, Thirty-five dollars is the amount that Joe says they could get for Jerry's base. That's the equivalent of four hundred and eighty-six bucks. Okay. Is that accurate, Miss? person who would have better knowledge of the situation. What? How would much? Would about $486 be accurate for a used base? No. Upright base? That's so cheap. Is it cheap? Okay. Oh my gosh. So I didn't know. <laughs> my cello, which is not like a name brand, like Even used cello. though? Like heavily used? Would it still it would still bring in higher than that? Okay. At least a grand. Is it? Okay. Probably. With bullet holes? I don't know. Would that lower the value? Probably. Okay. <laughs> Uh, $4 is the amount that Nellie spent on her hair for the date that she had planned with Joe. That is $55.64. Okay. Is that accurate? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> How much? As a woman, $55 you know, bucks for a yeah, hair I done? Yeah, I spend about 60 bucks to get my hair done. Yeah. Every six weeks. I just don't cut it. And it just... Well, I get it colored, too. Oh, that's true. That's true. No, to get my hair cut's like 20 bucks, oh, but I get right? my hair colored, too. But she might have had and stuff I'd done overpay. with her hair. Like, on purpose, I overpay. That's silly. 
Uh, $6 is the amount of pay per person for the job in Urbana that Joe and Jerry are going to go do, but they get caught up. That's uh, $83.46 per person. Uh, 40 cents is the amount of gas that Joe tells the attendant to fill the car up with. Yes, he does. That's $5.56 worth of gas. So that's about two gallons. Mm -hmm. Eh, A little, that's less than two gallons, but... Uh, $100,000 is the amount that Sugar asks Undercover Joe if he's made on the stock market while they've been talking on the beach. That's the equivalent of $1.3 million. Okay. And finally, a million dollars, which is the amount that Joe lies about planning on donating to the Milk Fund. Is the equivalent... I never looked up what the Milk Fund is. I was I briefly looked it up a little bit, but I couldn't get enough information from it. So if you wanted to look I'm it up... I'm going to do it right now. I, I believe it has something to do with, like, there was a shortage of milk... Or like the, they're like, they couldn't, or not, maybe it wasn't the shortage, maybe it was like, uh, they couldn't, they didn't have enough money to finance creating milk for people. I, I, I apologize, I'm a little naive when it comes to that. But it, he, he uh, it was the, the million dollars is the equivalent to $13.9 million, was what he was jokingly going to donate to the milk fund uh, after the date. It, with, she found with it, Millicent Hurst Funded, founded the Free Milk Fund for Babies in 1921. It was the fund to provide free milk to the poor of New York City. Well, there you go, then. Apparently, it still happens. Like, they still... It still goes on? It's still a thing. That's crazy. Like, a hundred years later, still a thing. That is nuts. Well, that's all that I have for uh, Inflation Nation. Inflation Nation. Inflation Nation. And uh, we should just do any... You know what? I didn't actually ask you what your opinion of the movie was. I love this movie. You love it? Yeah. Okay. okay. I, 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 saw you, I assumed co- you enjoyed I saw, it. Yeah, I saw this in the intro to film in college and thought it was hysterical. I understand. Because they told us, like, you know, we're going to watch the great what is considered the greatest comedy of all time. And I'm sitting here going, that's a really subjective, like... That is. ...thing. But it, they're right. What do you... what? I, I kind of rambled as to what my opinion was. Why do you think it's the most, it's the best comedy? It's because of all time? it's it's well written. Like mm-hmm. it's completely like unbelievable, but still it's funny. But it's not over the top, and just it's it was a combination of the writing and the acting. Mm-hmm. So I feel I feel like it was very witty, and it's not dumb. Right. There was no jokes that I felt fell flat. Right. Like or every I was joke like I was worked. being talked down to. Right. It was, it was every joke landed, every joke was there for a very specific reason. Nothing was just like, uh uh-huh, we're making jokes now. Right. It, it all worked, so. I agree. I, I agree. also agree. Awesome. Well, that was awesome. a great we movie. Agree. People need to watch it now. If you haven't seen it, if you have seen it, watch it again. If anything, because it's Marilyn Monroe. Fairly attractive young lady. Tony Curtis is good looking in this movie, see? especially when he's dressed up as the millionaire. Both, uh, both, both sides of the uh, the coin there, if you will. Mm-hmm. Both sexes agreeing there are incredibly good looking people to look at in this movie. Doesn't matter who you are, what your f- choice is. Awesomeness there for you to view. Lindsay, yes, Jeffrey. What are we doing next time? Next time we are gonna watch. A movie that I have been grousing about not being on the list for a year and a half at least. That's very true. <laughs> it was mentioned in our Halloween episode last year, yep. which I just re-listened to. Yep, yep. Because I'm a dork like that and listen to my own podcast. <laughs> We're going to watch The Shining. Yay! And talk about The Shining. Oh, I haven't seen The Shining in years. I haven't watched in a couple of years, this from beginning be to end in a couple yes. of years. Now, are we going to do... We actually haven't discussed this part. This is new to us. Are we going to do it like a normal episode? 
Are we gonna do trivia? And yeah, the yeah. And We're gonna do it like what we did with Ghostbusters okay. when when Harold Ramis passed away. Cool, cool. Yep, The Shining, 1980, two hours and 24 minutes. It is a horror movie. So just to be clear, directed by Stanley Kubrick. Obviously, Written by Stephen King. Obviously, The Shining, not on the not on the AFI list. Nope. This is one that we would love to have have it on. Like I agree, I love this movie to death. It's a great horror movie because there's really nothing this is a horror movie right this is not like when we were talking about i just because i just re-listened to silence of the lambs too right where it's like driving a lot lately not that's not a horror movie this one is and this is like a great example of a horror movie my sister changed her name on facebook (laughs) she's jessica shank phelps now oh that's right Um, Aww. no, so this is, uh, next week is, whereas last year we did our Halloween special where we went through our movies. This is our Halloween special this year where we are going to do The Shining, so it's not going to be another list. Right. Christmas this year is also, this is not, I'm not going to say what we're doing, but it won't, uh, the Christmas episode will also not be a list. Right. We have something special. We are going to watch a movie and do something with that, so we're just not going to say what movie or what we're going to do. It's, it's going to be fun. So... So, uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully the episode, obviously, because Halloween's on a Friday this year, um, obviously the podcasts go up Saturday, so right. it'll be, it would, if everything goes well, if everything can actually work yeah. out, we would have it, it'll come up the Saturday after the, the November 1st, but if for some reason it doesn't, as soon as we can get it up, we'll get it up okay. for everybody, so. Yep. Um, but yeah, besides that, uh, I look forward to watching The Shining. Yes. Jack Nicholson. All crazy Jack, Jack Nicholson. All crazy Here's thin Shelly Duvall. <laughs> crazy Daddy's thin Shelly Duvall. here, Mrs. Torrance. Yeah. yeah. And we need to have a link. Well, we should have a discussion next time. We're regarding... two Jack Nicholson movies in a row. That's now, true. That's what I was thinking after of. this. <laughs> two very different sides of Jack Nicholson, yes. I feel. Uh, and then we should have a discussion regarding the end. I don't remember if we ever discussed that. The end of The Shining? Yeah, The End of The Shining. What, uh, what we Briefly feel. on our Halloween one last Did we? year. Okay. Yep. So maybe we'll just kind of recap that again now that we're actually watching the movie. Right. But uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all I have, Lindsay. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. agreed so agreed. with all that, kiddos. It's all uphill from here. Yay! Yay! Good night, Radio Roddy. Say Yay! good night, CK Dexter. Hey! And never get off the boat. Man, man, man. never get off the boat, man. We're in quite of a pickle. We're in a deuce of a pickle. Don't have kittens. Don't, no. Don't Don't. have kittens on the boat. (laughs) Because then they grow into tigers and that's why you're not supposed to get off the boat. And then if you got to get off the boat, you can't because the tigers are in the jungle. But if you get back on the boat, you can't because there's tigers Tigers in the boat. boat. Man. Man, you have to swim. All right. Man. See you all next week for the Halloween episode. (laughs) I'm going to talk the entire time like this. No, I'm not. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. I don't know why you just looked at me like that. So through. Baby, I'm through with love. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>